With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me today. I appreciate it. Um, uh, we have a great show. Keith McHenry's here. He is the founder, co-founder of Food Not Bombs. He's been on a couple different times. I'm very excited to have him back. Uh, he'll be joining us here momentarily. Uh, real quick, before we jump into anything um, super serious, well, I guess this is serious too, but I just wanted to mention very briefly uh, that today would have been my pal Eric Levy's birthday. Um, he died a couple years ago. Um, he was, uh, one of the, the, um, biggest badasses I have ever known. Um, he has been, he was a lifelong activist. I mean, from the time he was a teenager until he, he was 93, um, he was a human shield in Iraq. He was a hardcore Assange supporter and was at every single protest for Julian Assange. He was a big supporter of Palestine and numerous other issues. Um, <clears throat> Stefan uh, Simonowitz, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I'm sorry, Stefan. Um, we follow each other. I don't know why I can't pronounce your name. Um, hopefully that's correct though. Uh, but he has a fantastic thread about Eric that he put up um, when Eric passed away in July of 2022. Um, so I have retweeted that today. If you want to go check it out and learn more about Eric, I feel like everybody should know about Eric. Um, we need more people like Eric on planet earth. So I just wanted to briefly mention that and just say happy birthday to my pal, Eric Levy. Um, also, <laughs> Joe Biden got his physical yesterday and they say that he's just fine, guys. Does anybody believe this? Does anybody believe this, that Joe Biden is actually fine? Um, he can't walk properly. Um, he looks very weird and stiff when he walks. Um, and very clearly this guy is cognitive um, I don't even know what the word to use is. He's not all there. I mean, he's having conversations with ghosts. He can't find his way off of stages. He's shaking hands with people that aren't there. Um, I think it's very clear that this guy is uh, in bad shape. So it's um, interesting to me that the uh, physicians at Walter Reed have given him a clear clear bill of health. He's fine, guys. He's he's absolutely okay to be running the country. Everything's fine. Um, I would still like him to draw a clock. That's all I'm saying. Um, also, I just wanted to bring something up that really is making me angry over the last couple of weeks. The Intercept. If you know me, you know I really dislike The Intercept. They are awful. Um, they've essentially become a CIA cutout. Um, and they're known now for um, screwing over whistleblowers. They they themselves, The Intercept, or people working for The Intercept, have outed three different whistleblowers. Those whistleblowers have then ended up in jail thanks to The Intercept. Um, and then they also hired a guy who screwed over a fourth uh, whistleblower. So if you're a whistleblower, and I say this every time I mention The Intercept, stay as far away from The Intercept as humanly possible. Do not ever go to The uh, the Intercept with whistleblowing information. You will almost certainly end up in jail. Reality Winner is a great example. Daniel Hale, another great example. So um, they're just not, they're not, they're not a good place at all. However, um, something that's been making me angry in the past couple of weeks about The Intercept is they are regurgitating, they are stealing and regurgitating other people's work and uh, pretending like it's theirs, pretending like, oh, breaking news, we just uncovered this um, amazing information. So they did it a couple of weeks ago with uh, the Zaka Rescue Group, which, y'all, I covered on my show months ago with Brad. Uh, we had Brad on the show, Brad Pierce, uh, who writes The Wayward Rabbler, who did a hardcore, thorough very well-sourced um, investigation into Zaka, um, and we talked about that in depth here on this show. Also, The Gray Zone did a write-up that was based on um, Brad's work, uh, and he they did a fantastic job. But also then today, um, I think it was today or yesterday, I think, uh, The Intercept has 
um, publish more information. I, I forget what this one was about. Um, uh, I think it was about the, uh, uh, the, the, oh, the New York Times article, <laughs> which makes me laugh. Bra oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Max Blumenthal and Aaron Matei uh, did a hardcore investigation and thoroughly debunked that months ago at the gray zone. So, um, uh, it, which, and I gave them credit for at the time, because listen, that's a really tricky, uh, subject matter for, especially two dudes to approach and debunk, which, uh, Max and Aaron did a fantastic job. They really dug into it. They did a lot of really uh, incredible investigative work on that. So the intercept, I think it was either yesterday or today has now, um, published an article where they're claiming that this is, uh, their work and it's their investigation. And they're uncovering the fact that the New York times, um, Hamas rape account is uh, a bunch of crap, which we already knew thanks to Max and Aaron. So um, I ju it just makes me angry when people do that in in journalism. It There's just no integrity in that whatsoever. Um, uh, just credit the people who already did the work. It's just so frustrating to me to watch. Um, and people are all over Twitter giving them an immense amount of credit for their incredible investigation. Uh, they didn't do much. Uh, they just took what Max and Aaron had already done um, and built on that slightly and then republished it and pretended it was their own work and gave no credit to the original um, journalists who did the work on it. So um, not a fan of The Intercept, have not been a fan of The Intercept for many, many years. Um, uh, they have not been good for a very long time. When Greenwald uh, and Laura Poitras first uh, established The Intercept, I thought it was fantastic. They did incredible work. Um, they're now owned by a billionaire and uh, it's just not a good place. So um, I just wanted to call attention to that. Just so you know, the Zaka investigation and the New York Times rape article that um, has been debunked um, that, that work was done by other people. It was not done by The Intercept. Okay. Uh, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. There's a write-up for the guest of the day with links every single day so that you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And shoot me an email, mistywinston at tntradio.live. Guest idea, show idea, whatever you have for me, uh, hit me up and I'll try to get back to you. And while you're at it, why not give TNT a follow as well? We are on all the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. And you can help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk TNT. Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Senator Tom Cotton, a Republican from Arkansas, has asked the Pentagon why the airman who lit himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington on February 25th was allowed to join the military, uh, claiming that the man's actions showed he, quote, obviously harbored extreme anti-American views. Silliness. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. My friend, um, to me, it is not clear that he harbored extreme anti-American views. It, it seems to me like he um, was exposed to some things in the military uh, that opened his eyes to some things. But uh, tell us what's going on here. Wow, you sound like an extremist, Misty. I'm shocked. Do I? <laughs> who do I call? I, I have to report you. I think. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, I don't know. I, I I had to share this one with you because, man, this is just a frustrating one, isn't it? Um, in a perfect world, Misty, I would like to think that maybe what the uh, the gentleman will refer to him from Arkansas uh, was trying to do is like some sort of troll move or reverse psychology because of the military stance on extremism. But no, alas, it appears he's just a Zionist propagandist doing Zionist propagandist things. Uh, in a letter to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, which was dated yesterday, February 28th, which would have been the last day of the month were it not for a leap year, uh, Mr. Cotton sought answers from the DOD, the Department of Defense, over the incident 
What incident? We'll get to that in a second. You already know. But Mr. Cotton wrote, quote, you have made it a top priority to address extremism amongst our total force and this act of horrific violence in support of a terrorist group raises serious questions about how this individual was allowed to serve on active duty, end quote. Uh, we are, of course, speaking of Aaron Bushnell, aged 25, member of the U.S. Air Force, who self-immolated in protest against military operations being taken uh, by Israeli, I don't think we can call it that, the genocide taking place in the Gaza Strip following the October 7th uh, attack by Hamas. Before setting himself on fire, Bushnell said he would, quote, no longer be complicit in genocide, end quote, and would therefore, quote, engage in an extreme act of protest, end quote, repeating the phrase, free Palestine. The man passed away as a result of his severe injuries. In a press release, Mr. Cotton said Mr. Bushnell's actions show that he, quote, obviously harbored extreme anti-American views, end quote. Mr. Cotton asked the DOD, no, pretty much demanded, to provide information if its anti-extremism training program, quote, addresses support for Islamic terrorist groups oh. like Hamas, end quote. He also wanted to know whether the airmen showed any, quote unquote, extremist leanings or, quote unquote, concerning behavior before the self-immolation incident. And if the DOD took any action to deal with such a concern, the senator from Arkansas also wanted to know if the Pentagon found any Islamic terrorist support groups within the department and whether any service members were involved in anti-Israeli protests that violated DOD regulations on restricted political activities. I wonder if that means they liked or shared something on social media. Uh, Mr. Cotton is a member of the Armed Services Committee, and he asked if the man had access to classified information that undermined U.S. national security. The senator has set a March 7th deadline for the DOD to answer his questions. Misty, I don't think we have to get into the details of what happened with Mr. Bushnell, but what do you think about Mr. Cotton's demands from the Pentagon over this incident? It's absurd. This guy is absurd. Uh, listen, it's not like Aaron Bushnell is the first uh, active serving person in the military or veteran who has as I said, been exposed to um, some really disgusting things and changed their minds about um, uh, their service or changed their minds about why they were serving or what exactly they were doing while they were serving. Um, there's all there, there are actual like support groups for veterans who um, ha have had to come to terms with the fact that they, in serving in the military, they were not exactly serving for the reasons that they thought that they were. Um, uh, there's veterans for peace. I mean, I could go on and on. I could name uh, probably a dozen, at least a dozen. Uh, veterans that I know personally who have left the military and then come to, had to come to terms with the fact that, um, you know, they weren't serving to protect our democracy or to protect our country. They were serving for, um, you know, corporate interests and they were uh, doing some really horrific things um, to serve really powerful and rich people. And it had nothing to do with what they were told that it had to do with. So um, and to be fair, I just want to make clear, I have not watched the Aaron Bushnell video Um I, I, I can't, I would like to, because I know that that's what he would, that's what he wanted. That's why he did it. He wanted eyes on it. But 
I had a friend die when I was eight in a fire. I have some like fire trauma stuff, right? Like I know that sounds really like ridiculous and woke. I'm triggered, but I am. I'm triggered by it. It's it's horrific. It is horrific. I did watch um a, a brief clip of it when he was just walking up to the Israeli embassy, but I have not seen the entire thing. Um, but it's the idea that um you know they wanted to know if. Uh, the extremism training uh, addresses support for Islamic terrorist groups like Hamas. You don't have to support Hamas to recognize that a genocide is taking place and to be against that. Everybody should be against genocide. I think that that is a pretty uh, low bar to set for any human being. Watching the things that are happening uh, right now, and we're going to talk about this with Keith McHenry here in just a second. Um, uh, there was just an attack. Uh, starving people, uh, because Israel is now starving the population of Gaza, uh, went to go get aid and uh, were essentially led into a trap and then were fired upon. Uh, over 100 uh, Palestinians were killed. I think it was like 700 or something something, were injured. Um, everybody should be against that. Watching uh, babies starve to death, I feel like that's offensive. Um, so you don't have to support Hamas. Uh, frankly, calling them a terrorist group is just ridiculous. I think that it, there's a very clear um, uh, line to be drawn here on who the terrorists are. And it's very clearly Israel, in my opinion. Come for me or don't, I don't care. Um, uh, I'm not going to shy away from this stuff. It's just absurd to me. So um, the idea that we have to have this conversation and that Mr. Uh, Bushnell, uh, Aaron Bushnell has to be dragged. I mean, they, they've they been spending, the, since this happened on the 25th, they have been spending an immense amount of time digging through his past, trying to find things to like, uh, you know, hold him accountable for. Oh, he had some anarchist tendencies. So what? Like, it's just absurd to me. Um, uh, now, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about his method of protesting. Um, I certainly couldn't do that. Uh, but I, I understand, uh, I, I feel like nobody's glorifying it. I feel like everybody is sympathizing with the pain that we're all experiencing, the trauma of watching uh, what's happening take place. Again, this genocide is being live streamed. We're all witnessing it in real time. Uh, and I'm, I know that that's hard for me to see. And I know that it's hard for a lot of other people to see. So the idea that Tom Cotton is out here pretending as if he's some terrorist extremist or whatever, it just makes me mad and just shame on him, seriously. I mean, but obviously he is a so what can you expect? But uh, what do you think about it, Adam? Do, do these things, because uh, they, they, they keep changing definitions and labels, yeah. like, for instance, of this idea of an anti-Israeli protest, that's if you went outside and said that you said ceasefire or if you said that you yeah. you uh, you want to help uh, Palestinians. Anything that goes against the narrative is considered anti-Israeli protest. So. That's an issue there. Um, also, this this whole concept of Hamas being a terrorist group, they were not a terrorist group until recently. They only became people and things and groups only become terrorists when a government organization labels and designates them as such. They weren't born that way. They didn't say, hey, guys, what are you doing uh, later tonight? We're thinking of starting a terrorist group. You in? Yeah, let's do it, <laughs> homie. I, no, they, they do their thing. And then these these tyrannical governments label them the enemy, the, the rebels as terrorists. Uh, yes. I, I should remind all Americans listening, the founding fathers were labeled as terrorists. Chew on that one for a minute. Yeah. And they only label uh, the groups that are inconvenient for their narrative and for their agenda as terrorists. And that's um, it, just all of this. It makes me sick. Like it makes me 
uh, just filled with rage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I'm laughing because I don't know what else to do because it is, again, uh, uh, it is insane to me that we are literally watching babies starve to death. It's being live streamed. We're witnessing it taking place. And instead of being angry and upset about that, Tom Cotton is mad at the guy who's protesting against it. It's just, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. We're living in the upside down. No question about it. So uh, thanks for bringing us this story, uh, Adam. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Hang tight. We're going to be back with Keith McHenry right after this on TNT. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. So you see what's happening here. The White House is doing heavy spring cleaning deep clean to expunge to erase to discredit believe it or not even though this stuff has already been out they're still trying to move to discredit uh any talk or any evidence or anything related to the hunter biden laptop story and also any biden corruption in ukraine so their hand is being forced uh and they're not going to take this line down the white house certainly is not going to uh capitulate to any of these allegations or charges um, the Republicans have been pushing forward, as everybody knows, with this House investigation, been getting very interesting traction. So now the deep state is moving into action to discredit any witnesses uh, and to write it all off as Russian disinformation. Sound familiar? Have we been here before? Of course we have. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. TNT. All right. Our guest tonight is Keith McHenry. Fun fact, Keith McHenry was my very, very, very first guest on TNT um, back in, I think, March of 2022. And then he was also my very, very, very first guest uh, after TNT switched to video. So that was not intentional, but it's just the way it worked out. Uh, so he's kind of my good luck charm. Uh, Keith uh, co-founded Food Not Bombs in Boston with seven friends in 1980. Uh, he's recovered, cooked, and shared food with the hungry well, uh, with Food Not Bombs for over 30, well, I guess it's probably more than 37 years now. Um, uh, he was arrested for making a political statement makes me laugh uh, by sharing vegan meals in San Francisco how dare you sir uh, spent a total of two years in jail and was facing 25 years to life in prison uh, for feeding people by the way uh, he has written three books including Hungry for Peace How You Can Help in Poverty and War with Food Not Bombs and The Anarchist Cookbook um, and he currently works on maintaining one of the movement's websites and helping coordinate logistics for Food Not Bombs globally Keith my friend thanks for coming back to the show yeah thank you so much for having me back that's great yeah I love our chats. Um, yeah. uh, you have some. You have some of the best stories on planet Earth, so it's always great to have you here. So, listen. I wanted to start by talking about, as I briefly mentioned there during our little uh, news segment with Adam, um, there was a recent attack which 
It is um, insane. This is one of the most disgusting and horrific war crimes I've ever seen captured on video. Um, it is insane to me that this took place, but um, uh, to just very briefly explain the situation, obviously the people of Gaza are starving. Israel is starving the population of Gaza currently. They're not allowing aid to get through. Um, so they did allow some aid. It looks like it was, uh, uh, I think, flour was allowed to get through. Um, it feels to me like it was a very intentional trap that was set because as the people People of Gaza came to get uh, flour, came to get the food. Uh, Israel decided to fire on them. Uh, and of course, Israel is now trying to spin this and they're trying to lie their way out of it. They're trying to claim that, well, we didn't shoot at anybody. There was just a stampede. Well, why was there a stampede? Uh, I mean, it, it just makes no sense. So um, it is very clear that, intent first of all, intentionally starving people is a, very clearly a war crime. Um, and then uh, setting a trap like that, in my opinion, it looks like it's a trap. Um, and then firing upon the people who are incredibly desperate uh, to, to feed their families and to survive. Um, it's just so disgusting. And as somebody, I mean, who you have been dealing with, uh, I mean, you organized a group called Food Not Bombs. Uh, what do you think? What do you make of this? Because they're doing this on the world stage in broad daylight. I guess this happened overnight, but you know what I mean? Uh, with everybody watching, this is being live streamed. Uh, and it seems as if there's just never going to be an account, any accountability for this stuff. Yeah, well, I um, definitely I call this Biden's war, which I think as Americans, we really got to focus on. This is Biden's famine. Um, this is also the at least the second time this has happened, although this is much more egregious than the than the first time, which was in a similar location on the beach of Gaza, where they actually used drones with machine guns on them to kill uh, roughly 50 people trying to get food maybe about a month ago. And um, and I think what's really despicable is the fact that they broadcast the uh, um, drone video of this, essentially trying to make it look like that the, that Palestinians are nothing more than ants, because yeah. that image of them all running back and forth and and all that is it, just outrageous. And I mean, and also, I mean, it, just the idea that you would use um, starvation as a as a weapon of war is incredible. The heartbreaking to see the children like taking little pieces of food off of the out of mud and things like that it it is just completely tragic and i do believe that in each case so you imagine above gaza us troops are observing every kill on predator drones there's yep. somebody sitting in nevada or in tampa florida or in germany watching every single person get killed and then through AI that uh, is being provided, they know who they're going to kill, when they're going to kill them. It's a bit random, but it's not nearly as random uh, as as we would be led to believe. Uh, you were mentioning before about who's a terrorist. Um, I point out that Food Not Bombs and myself were officially declared terrorists. Yeah in uh august of 1988 and uh and then i was banned from employment uh after 9 11 for being a terrorist and i um have never done any violence to anyone i don't even i'm a vegan i've been a, the last violence i did was to butcher um uh six roosters in a hen and when i was 16 and i've been a vegan ever since so but so every and and uh, I like I point out that my uh, great 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 grandfather was Dr. James McHenry, who um, was in George Washington's staff. He was a terrorist. 
I mean, with, you know, so uh, as was pointed out. Then the other shocking thing is that, so, you know, so Aaron Bushnell is uh, was feed, had a long history of feeding the hungry in San Antonio with friends yeah. of mine who, and, and with friend with, uh, and he was friends with Food Not Bombs. His group uh, that he was volunteering with was called San Antonio Cares Collective. But he, um, you know, I, I've talked to his friends since um, his protest, and I object to the idea of it being a suicide. It was not a suicide. It was um, a protest. It was intentional. And it wasn't for the purpose of losing his life. It was for the purpose of waking the world up to what is going on. And, 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 and some of the, you know, there's also... Um, you know, a lot of, I've not confirmed things like, uh, I don't think he was going to be deployed there, but the work he was doing on base as an airman was related directly to the conflict. Um, the Air Force itself was deployed to Tel Aviv to uh, help target uh, children and civilians in, in, in this brutal war. And I think also we're at a point where we're we're on the edge of World War III, and people are not taking that seriously. And um, I was just uh, watching some uh, interview from Poland um, uh, with I think Scott Ritter actually, and uh, and you know the and and it's also now recently in the last few hours on the news that. Um, because Macron, the president of, uh, of uh, or maybe prime minister, I don't know what the actual title is, of, uh, of France, suggested that NATO troops would be deployed, uh, not as NATO troops, but to bolster the, uh, um, you know, the U failed Ukrainian proxy war. Yep. And Putin responded that you move in NATO troops into Ukraine, and it starts, we're starting to get to the point where we are feeling that it's an existential threat. We will launch a nuke at Warsaw and take them out. I have yeah. Food Not Bombs serves food every week in Warsaw. I don't want my friends to be killed in Warsaw. I don't want anybody to be killed in Warsaw. Uh, and this is another one of Bush's wars. And this phony story that the CIA put out that leaked to the New York Times to say they've always been there. They had 12 secret uh, CIA bases on the border of Russia. That is, I feel, is being used to one blackmail the politicians into giving the sixty billion dollars to continue to fund this outrageous uh, massacres that they're doing of the of the Ukrainian people and the ru poor Russian people that are trying to defend Russia um, is, uh, is, is it's it's intentional. The CIA, it's a very we, conveniently timed piece, isn't it? I mean, it is a very yeah. conveniently timed piece. And I think that so many people were um, uh, uh, intrigued by the content of it, which if you're paying attention, of course, the CIA has been involved in Ukraine, obviously. I mean, that is a very obvious thing. If anybody who's been paying the slightest bit of attention since 2014 and even before then, but certainly since the Maidan coup, we know that the CIA has been involved there. But now to have the New York Times pushing out this piece, it's kind of a fluff piece about this whole situation. It makes no sense. So you're right. I think that that's absolutely some narrative control going on there. So listen, we got to take a break. We're going to get some headlines. Hang tight. We're going to be back here on TNT. Here's a little news flash. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. 
The U.S. Supreme Court has decided to review whether former President Donald Trump has legal immunity in a case accusing him of interfering in the 2020 presidential election. A helicopter operated by Bristow, Norway, carrying six individuals, crash-landed into the ocean off the western coast of Norway. A Canadian tourist in Hawaii miraculously survived after accidentally driving off a cliff while trying to find a spot to watch the sunrise on Hawaii's Big Island. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. All right, we're here with Keith McHenry. Keith McHenry, really quick before we dive back into this conversation about Israel-Palestine, that whole thing about Trump being accused of um, interfering in the 2020 election. I'm so over this nonsense. When does Hillary Clinton get investigated for uh, interfering with the 2016 election? We know she did. WikiLeaks gave us extensive evidence to support those claims. Uh, So just keep that in mind when all of this. and, And again, you guys know I'm not a Trump fan. I do not support Trump in any way, shape, form or fashion. Call him out on a regular basis. But uh, just be mindful of the fact that this stuff is being uh, weaponized and used for a reason. Okay, so we're talking about Israel-Palestine with Keith McHenry. um, uh, And we were just discussing, uh, you know, the recent attack on hundreds of people. I don't know, maybe maybe thousands. I don't know. It's hard to tell from the drone footage exactly how many people were attempting to get food from this aid truck. But um, uh, once they all uh, came into uh, um, the area of the food truck, they were then fired upon. Over 100 were killed. Um, I think it's now over 800 are being reported um, as wounded. Um, And it's just so disgusting. And then, Keith, also the way that it's being covered in the media, which is not surprising. We've seen this entire time since October 7th, the the language that they use, right? Israelis are killed. Palestinians just die. Uh, It's just magic. I guess. Um, but like, for example, uh, Middle East Eye has a unbelievably ridiculous headline up. And here's what it says. Hungry Palestinians looking for food made Israeli soldiers feel unsafe, says I know, Army. I saw that. Seriously? I mean, uh, it's we live it's in a so cartoon, sad. Keith. It is. But it even is. in a food not bombs here in Santa Cruz, where we're like one of the probably, you know, most expensive place in America to live. Mm-hmm. And a homeless person comes up and we're almost out of food or it's the end of the meal. The desperation of that one person is heartbreaking. Imagine not having any possible access for food for weeks and then seeing some amount of food come your way close enough for you to possibly get it and then only to be killed. It it is outrageous. The pain and suffering of of the people just on the issue of food is beyond. I I mean, I can't. I think most of us since October um, 8th really have barely can sleep. You know, it's like totally nerve wracking to know that all these people are suffering. On top of that, what is happening is in, in America right now is there's an organization called the Cicero Institute that was started by the Central Intelligence Agency in 2016. And they are pushing an agenda that's very similar to what happened right before World War I uh, or and particularly in World War II, 
where they uh, rounded up the Japanese Americans and put them in internment camps, or in Germany, they rounded up the homeless and put them in internment camps. And the Cicero Institute, which is uh, founded, like I say, by the CIA and by uh, um, Joe Lansdale of the CIA and of Palantir, uh, Peter Thiel's uh, uh, co-founder of this organization, is pushing this agenda, which makes it illegal to be homeless in the United States. So that um, it's been in, in Kentucky, his policies have not only gone as far as making it a misdemeanor to be homeless in the United in, in Kentucky, but they're also uh, making it uh, uh, that you're allowed to shoot homeless people if you feel it is necessary and you're protect, protected from uh, uh, criminal liability for doing so. So this is all at the same time that's happening. The uh, the Cicero Institute and people like uh, Gavin Newsom here in California and the mayors like Breed and and uh, Todd in San Diego and all, they have been able to convince the U.S. Supreme Court to hear an appeal to uh, of Johnson versus. Um, Grants Pass, which is based on Martin versus Boise, which was a ruling that you cannot criminalize homeless people if you're not providing shelter for, um, you know, everybody in your community. And we've been using that uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal ruling to try to mitigate and reduce the amount of police um, attacks on ca homeless camps. And, and the, instead of arresting all the people at the homeless camp, you know, it's slightly better that everybody loses all their belongings and have to move to another part of town and then regroup. And uh, this past uh, uh, week, I spent $100 on tents and sleeping bags for homeless people that lost all their stuff in the last uh, major raid at the beginning, uh, uh, the end of last week. Um, so that is going to be heard also on April 22nd. And possibly by the end of May, early June, it could be ruled that it is constitutionally protected to basically round up the homeless people and put them in internment camps. Jesus. Also, part of their program is a, 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 a proposition here in California called Proposition 1. And that is to build, uh, it's to get money in a bond measure to build mental hospitals with initial idea of putting 10,000 homeless people in these mental hospitals and drug them. And we're already losing homeless friends to mental facilities as it is. I've lost two people in the last year to mental facilities who are not insane at all, just very unusual, colorful homeless people who are kind and gentle um, one could barely see was an older uh, hippie in her 70s. And uh, she did six months in a mental facility, was forced drugged against her will. which, And then when she was released, she went cold turkey on the psych meds and had a heart attack immediately on, on leaving the facility because of it. She wanted a normal life. So in California, one of the laws also that the Cicero Institute that uh, Joe Lansdowne is pushing is called uh, um, Senate Bill 1011. And it would essentially make it illegal to live outside in the state of California. And then our governor and uh, his um, homeless czar, um, uh, Daryl Steinberg, the mayor of uh, Sacramento, are pushing an agenda called Obligation to Accept Shelter. So basically, even though we don't have enough shelter space and the shelter space is like minimum security prisons already, 
um, they're proposing that no one be allowed to live on the streets and that they will be put either into these camps. Uh, the camp for Santa Cruz is being proposed on a military base called Camp Roberts, which is a uh, in the county south of us in the middle of nowhere. There's also uh, talk of housing homeless people at Concord Naval, Naval Weapons Station. There's a proposal to house people at Camp Pendleton. And so it's very similar to Japanese internment camps. The unfortunate thing is with a world war happening, it is unlikely to just stop at the removal of all, all the homeless people. And just like that saying, first they came for the homeless. And yeah. I can only imagine that the next will be Muslim Americans who will be called Hamas terrorists. As you can see in the media about people writing, uh, uh, you know, on the ballot in, in Michigan saying that they're, they're not. Yes, they're so, uncommitted. So, so that makes them terrorists. That I saw that today. The, the uh, I forget who it was. Uh, oh, Dash Dabrowski uh, was talking yeah. that if you if you dared to vote uncommitted in Michigan, you were a terrorist. Are you like the, the language that's being used here? And listen to my MAGA supporting friends. You should be very familiar with this. It's been used against you, too. So, again, I'm going to speak to um, your uh, um, your uh, self uh, preservation here because this doesn't stop with just the homeless or just Muslims or Arabs. This They're coming for all of us. They want to label all of us terrorists. We've already seen it. Uh, DHS put out the whole domestic violent extremist thing. They've been con continuing to build on that. Um, we all need to be very mindful of this. And so even if you disagree with, um, you know, I know that a lot of my MAGA friends think that the homeless are like the worst thing ever, which is absurd. And we need to deal with the causes of homelessness. It's It has nothing to do with the quality of a character. Of, of character. Um, um, but it, we need to be very mindful of the fact that this is going to be used against all of us. And I think so many people are missing that. Um, OK, listen, we got to take another quick break. Hang tight. We're going to be back here on today's News Talk. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Well, the gals of The View were at it again, this time defending the Biden family dog commander after it was revealed that the dog had been viciously attacking Secret Service agents for a long time. His name is Commander. The report found that there were at least, this is a lot, this is a lot. 24 <laughs> incidents of him biting folks. <laughs> well, I, it makes you wonder, what did he see that nobody else saw? Yeah, right? Really, Whoopi? Well, she wasn't finished. And she wasn't the only one on the view panel to make a fool of herself. All you gotta do is look at him. Look, look at, at him. Can you show that picture again? Look at his nose. That's boy. right. Yeah. I'm walking. Listen I'm walking here. Yeah. I'm walking here. Yeah. Woo -woo. Listen to his name, Commander. That's He's in right. charge. He's I'm a, a bite giant. He's a guard dog. <laughs> right. you know, that's that's why ooh, ooh, Brian. I, I think people don't understand. You know, a lot of people just don't understand. Some things when it comes to dogs, it's just innate. It's part of their nature. Leave it to Sonny. Are you kidding us? Are you really kidding us? It's their nature? Whose dog goes around attacking people? Yours? Mine? Unbelievable. And if this had been Donald Trump as president and his family dog attacked Secret Service agents, harming them, hurting them, causing them to get stitches, and you know what? They'd be saying Donald Trump should lose his Secret Service protection. What a joke. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. One in four Australian women experience domestic violence in their lifetime. Staying is dangerous, but leaving can mean homelessness. 
for them and their children. With your generosity, the Salvos can provide crisis services and ongoing support, helping women find a way out of violence and a way back into a safe and stable life. Help us leave no one in need. Please donate to the Red Shield Appeal today. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we're here with Keith McHenry, co-founder of Food Not Bombs. And uh, as that ad was just mentioning, we were just talking about uh, the the way that people look down their nose um, at uh, the homeless and the way that now we're seeing uh, very in my opinion, very extreme actions being taken to criminal to criminalize homelessness. Um, people, I think that it's it's very frustrating to me. I feel like this happens on a, on a whole host of issues. For example, uh, this week earlier, uh, we talked about the uh, um, the impact that foreign policy has on immigration. Obviously, if you destroy another country, if you make it unlivable, then people are going to flee, and most likely they're going to come here. I mean, that's it, it, that just makes sense. But nobody ever wants to talk about that, and I feel like that's so frustrating because very often we want to talk about problems but never talk about the causes of the problem and i feel like homelessness is a great example of that everybody wants to talk about how are we going to deal with the homelessness crisis how where are we going to put these people blah 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 blah. but nobody wants to talk about the actual causes of homelessness and as i I just mentioned um uh, if a woman's in a domestic violence situation and she leaves there's a good chance she could end up homeless along with her children and are we going to uh criminalize those women for leaving a violent situation and trying to it's just it it blows my mind, Keith, the way that people look at these things. And it's so frustrating. And I had no idea that there were that many uh, legislative actions taking place uh, to criminalize homelessness. Obviously, I knew it was taking place, but the links to which they are going to and the fact that they could, in fact, um, start, you know, putting people into camps. Uh, it just blows my mind that that's where we're at right now. I mean, I don't even I, I don't I don't have words, Keith. Yeah, well, it's really frightening. I think the combination of there being a world war and the ballooning of homeless population even before things like the Strait of Hormuz is cut off and oil, you know, gas prices go to ten dollars a gallon. Right, you right now it's like over sixty percent of Americans are a pump paycheck away from from the streets. Yeah. Right, right now, um, HUD in their point in time count, which is completely an undercount every year, um, claims that the uh, homeless population in the United States increased by twelve percent from 2022 to 2023. So we're gonna see, and we can visibly see it, like there's all these new homeless people in, in my town. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my goodness, where every doorway has people living in it. Um, they get moved, everybody's moved around town you, and they lose their tents. The cops come in uh, and, and take their tents. And so I just wrote an amicus brief for the Supreme Court, uh, um, you know, Jones versus uh, um, Grants Pass. I just submitted that like right before this show. And one of the things I pointed out is the number of women who live in their cars because they got it with their families because of a divorce or their, uh, I met a number, their, their husband died, but their housing was, this, you know, they, there was nothing left. You know, their husband was the one paying the rent and now they're out on the street. This happens all the time. And yeah. then I call up for a shelter. They come there like freaking out that it's their first day without a car and they've lost their medicine and everything that was in their car because it got towed and trashed. And then they go, where's the shelter? There's got to be a women's shelter, right? So then we call the shelters. There's never been room. In 10 years, I've never on uh, got, got a person uh, into a shelter. And like I say, the homeless people really hate them because they're like, restrictive you can't come and go as you want 
And so imagine these camps in the middle of nowhere. Maybe you can leave to go stand in the desert for a little while and come back in. But you're, you know, my, and my fear is that you're going to be in these camps. They're going to give you the opportunity of fighting in against Russia or against yep. Iran. And then you, uh, so you'll take that if you're able-bodied. And then if you're not, and, and get back to like, you know, Aaron, Aaron um, Bushnell. He joined because he had a very rough time with his family. It's a very conservative family. And he wanted to get a, a, a education so he could be an IT expert when he got out of the military. Didn't There wasn't, at the time he enlisted, clearly that there would he would potentially be involved in a genocide, right? So he was just like many, many FUNAP bombs kids who are also in the military. I mean, I yeah. had a, a, a FUNAP bombs kid call me. He did... Um, 13 stop losses spent from the time he left Flu Not Bombs as an 18-year-old till for, for, I think it was 18 years he was in the military, either in Iraq or Afghanistan. And he called me because he had to kill a child because that was policy in, in Afghanistan and he couldn't take it anymore. So he tried to kill himself with fentanyl, failed, called me up. Now get back to fentanyl, which is all over the streets. Now, so I I happen be, by being on the streets every day, all day long, for now it's uh, 44 years I've been doing this, um, I noticed you could get heroin. People talked about, oh, we're going to get some heroin, get some heroin. Then Biden removes everybody out of Afghanistan, the soldiers and stuff. And within six months, you could barely find heroin, but you could find fentanyl everywhere. So yeah. what was the largest arrest for fentanyl in in uh, the Bay Area in San Francisco in you know San Francisco Bay Area was the head of the San Jose Police Union who had hmm. been tra who had been trafficking fentanyl all over the United States since during that time where it went from being heroin all over which I'm sure they were doing the heroin I know from my grandfather was OSS which then became CIA and one of his jobs was to set up a heroin um, trade from Burma, where he was stationed under um, Curtis LeMay. Curtis LeMay, famous for uh, a number of things, one of which is proposing to bomb a mall in Miami and blame it on the Cubans so that John yeah. F. Kennedy could invade, right? I watched my grandfather argue with Curtis LeMay and with his other friend, Robert McNamara, who at the time was Secretary of Defense, to dropped the atomic bomb on Hanoi. And the reason that my grandfather, which I heard in his conversations over and over again in this argument, was because not to win so-called the war of, in Vietnam, but to send a message to the Soviet Union and to the Chinese that the leadership of the United States is so out of control and so soulless that we're willing to drop a bomb on anybody. He was in a, in a satanic uh, cult. He was recruited to he uh, intelligence community when he was studying at Harvard Law, uh, and and so I just you know that's when I start hearing things from like Vic, uh, you know Victoria Newland and and Blinken and them. These are people that are, are are have no care of how many people get to be killed. You know I no. was told it was called white man's burden. I remember when my grandfather had me kill a perch in a lake in front of his house in Cape Cod. And when I killed that perch at five years old, he says, look at, you know, you're gonna grow up, you're gonna have to determine who lives and who dies 
That's white man's burden. And my grandfather directed the most deadly bombing campaign in world history called Operation Meeting House Firebombing Tokyo over a course of two days, killing what people he thought was like over a million people. Um, and he proudly had photos of the firebombing of Tokyo from his squadron framed in his den as he argued with McNamara and LeMay to drop the atomic bomb on Hanoi to send a message that we will do anything to defend capitalism. It was not to defend democracy. It was to defend capitalism. And he also pointed out that elections are designed specifically to divide and conquer the population of whatever country the CIA and the intelligence community is organizing these elections, and that under no circumstances would the direction of, of a society be determined by a, an election, because only those of us that were genetically superior had the actual right to determine the direction of any society, including the society here in the US. So re in reality, sadly, the intelligence community will choose the next president of the United States. And if mm -hmm. they somehow think that Trump is the best choice, then Trump will be the best choice. I personally think it's going to possibly be Biden or whatever his, uh, you know, whoever fills in after his him. Replacement. Yeah. His replacement, yeah. <laughs> because they, because it, that helped the intelligence community in their effort to divide and conquer the country more. Mm -hmm. Democrats particularly are not very well armed. Republicans and Trump supporters actually know how to use guns. What would be more make more sense is to get an armed conflict in the United States, like this movie that is coming out on April yes. 12th, Civil War, and get us to fight more. Just like they use the COVID. So, you know, you they get like the babies in incubators in Kuwait. Then they do the weapons yeah. of mass destruction in Iraq. Then they do the COVID narrative. Then they do the uh, unprovoked invasion of Russia into Ukraine. Then they do the, oh, the, you know, Hamas attack on October 7th, mm -hmm. unprovoked, like there was never an occupation. Any of us that have been in, in Palestine know how brutal that occupation is. I've mm -hmm. run the settlers in the IDF with um, with Hezbollah activists when I was planting uh, olive trees in uh, near occupied um, East Jerusalem. You know, I've seen the terror. I've seen the. You know, I've had like IDF intelligence people like laugh about the Zionist Christians coming over and building these settlements in the West Bank because they were using them, and they're going, "Oh yeah, they think that they're going to there'll be an apocalypse and they'll go to." Uh, heaven, and that's why they're Yeah, doing... that's a whole other... It's that's like insane. Other... And this is other... all being manipulated to For sure, and I'm glad... Listen, I'm glad, that you brought that... I'm, I'm glad that you're bringing this up because I feel like so many people are not paying attention. We are controlled by psychopaths, and they uh, 100% would love nothing more than to see a civil war. And that is so much, Keith, so much time and energy and effort has been put into making you hate your neighbor. Um, I'm here to tell you, your neighbor is not your enemy. I don't care what differences you have with the guy down the street who voted for Trump or the guy across the street that voted for Biden. It does not matter. Those differences mean absolutely nothing. They are minuscule compared to the differences that the people have with power. 
power. Uh, and I feel like so much um, uh, energy is expelled fighting amongst ourselves. And it's very frustrating to me, Keith, because to me, it's clear. It's very obvious to me that they are uh, manipulating narratives that they are trying. I mean, you talked about how uh, you think that Biden might be the best choice in terms of creating more division. I frankly think that Trump is a better choice there because uh, I think that that will, I mean, uh, you said that, you know, Democrats aren't necessarily all that armed, but I do think that that would, uh, I mean, we saw the way that um, uh, protests erupted under Trump. I mean, there were people in the streets all the time freaking out about Donald Trump was mean to Jim Acosta or whatever dumb thing that they were angry about at that time. Um, and Trump's very good at fueling that stuff. He, he really understands how to use um, uh, uh, his base. He really understands how to speak to people, to make them angry and to rile them up. Um, so, I, and, But frankly, it really doesn't matter. Whether it's Biden or whether it's Trump, the result is the same. Uh, they want to have you angry with your neighbor. They want to have you fighting amongst yourselves because then you're not paying attention, as I always say, to the man behind the curtain. And it's just so frustrating to watch this play out because I feel like it's um, uh, it's not they're not even all that good at hiding it. Right. They're not that that good at, um, uh, at, at masking their intentions. But it feels like people are so um, and maybe it's just because propaganda is very effective. Maybe it's just because people are um, predisposed to, uh, you know, that kind of um, anger manipulation. I realize that also fear. I think fear is a very powerful manipulator. And so I think that people are very good at uh, I think that the the people in power are very good at um, uh, understanding that. And I think that that was a big thing about COVID was uh, to make people afraid. And that was incredibly effective. But I think that watching um, all of this and watching the way that they're manipulating these narratives and getting us to fight amongst ourselves, it's just so counterproductive. And it's um, uh, we're, we're really just we're being uh, walked into our own destruction. Uh, we're being led into our own destruction. I mean, we're and we're just following along. It really is the sheep off the cliff. Um, and uh, it's 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 just insane to me to watch this play out. But you're right. Um, uh, they are absolutely using these narratives against us. They're creating these situations where um, and they're so good at the the lies, like the propaganda. I mean, as you said, you mentioned incubator babies and weapons of mass destruction and the Syrian gas attacks. And I mean, I could uh, the Gulf of Tonkin. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And those are just foreign policy lies. I mean, COVID was obviously a very big domestic. That was to me, I think COVID is one of the biggest psyops we've ever lived through. Um, and uh, they learned a lot from that. And I think we need to be very mindful of that because that was certainly not the the, the end game there for them. So um, I'm rambling a little bit, but I think the, my point is really just that um, I I wish people would snap out of it and recognize that it doesn't matter if it's Biden. It doesn't matter if it's Trump. Neither one of them care about you. They don't work for you. They don't care about you. Um, and it, it, we just really need to uh, snap out of that, you know, lift the veil and kind of come together. Uh, it's not left versus right. It's not blue versus red. It is us versus them. It is the people versus power. Uh, and it is, uh, I, I think we're running out of time to recognize that. It may already be too late. We may be too far gone. I don't know. Um, okay, listen, we're running out of time. So I want to make sure that you can tell everybody how they can find and support Food Not Bombs. So give everybody uh, all of that information, links and stuff. Yeah, so you can find us at foodnotbombs.net. And that's where you can find the Hunger Hotline, um, which is 1-800-884-1136. And I must say, I'm being flooded with calls from seniors wanting sure. home delivery of food because United Health has been handing out my the phone number there. And I have heart breaking stories all day from people that have one can of tuna left. Can I drive over there to uh, Chattanooga and hand them something? You know, it's unbelievable. And so yeah. that's foodnotbombs.net. And uh, is the easiest way to connect with everything. 
And that's where you can find the, there's uh, over a thousand food not bombs chapters in 65 countries. Um, right now, the Jerusalem food not bombs is still hanging in there, although it's terrifying for them. The Beirut yeah. ha uh, chapter had to kind of mellow out because of the, you know, the conflict that is growing in, in, in Lebanon. But if you're watching this anywhere on Earth, there's a very high likelihood that we have a local food not bombs close to you. And you can find that at foodnotbombs.net. Keith, thanks for coming on the show. And of course, you can follow Keith on Twitter at Keith underscore McHenry. Of course, you can find links to all of this stuff over on the Substack for today's show. So definitely check that out uh, and donate if you can. Uh, join a, a chapter if you are, have some time to volunteer, all that good stuff. Uh, so thank you for coming on the show, my friend. I appreciate you. You're welcome back anytime. I'll be back tomorrow with the one and only Vanessa Beely. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and don't go anywhere. Timothy Shays right after this here on TNT.